teachings of the Ascended Masters have been called the path above the path. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. Well, greetings and hello again, everyone. Um, you are tuned to The Open Door. This is the Internet radio voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Ross Brunson. Today's focus, accessing the power of your higher self. You know, we each have a higher self. Probably goes without saying. But attuning to that self is both a joyous and a very powerful experience. You know, and when we talk about this higher self, we're talking about our true nature as a spiritual being. And, you know, our union with our higher self is our birthright. I mean, ultimately, that union is our road to freedom. Freedom to be the Christ. That's right, Tom. And, and spiritually speaking, this is really an, an awesome reality. Absolutely. You break it down to basics, and what we're saying is you have a Christ self. That's right. I have a Christ self. That's right, too. But we're not used to identifying anyone as the Christ except Jesus. That's kind of odd, isn't it? I mean, it means we never really get to, to realize and experience that highest reality until we've decided that we can be the Christ. Well, and that's our potential. And we, you know, got to say this. We know that making uh, statements like that can rub some people the wrong way. And we don't mean to take anything away from anyone, not what you may believe not where you may go to church, not who you may follow. And you know, it's, it's funny because we're actually adding something to everybody's reality yeah. by sharing this truth about mm -hmm. the higher self, you know, the Christ within you. If you'll recall from our conversation with Sid Bennett last week, a lot of people do consider it blasphemy to hold this view. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because it was Jesus himself who told us this is true. You know, remember what he said in the Bible, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And you know, Tom, it isn't arrogance to see yourself no. in this way. I think it's just a realization that it's God's will that you embrace this birthright completely and fully. And it is a magnificent reality to the, all those who can accept it that they can achieve this. Oh, absolutely. I mean, to, to be one with your highest self is, is not something that should be denied mm -mm. anyone. No. You know, in the course of fully embracing this wondrous reality of our Christ self, we're embracing the reality of our true being, and this is our potential. And when this happens, when we know it, when we really kind of take it on, we become transformed. Mm -hmm. And in that transformation is incredible power. I think that with that great power becomes or comes great responsibility, and that may be something that some people react with. You know, by awakening to this higher nature, you're definitely going to stretch your limits, mm -hmm. and you accelerate <laughs> your journey, however long it is, back to the heart of God. And you're also going to be more forgiving, more compassionate, more patient, and more loving. You know, you just said something about however long it may be. Um, you know, that's a topic we'll explore a bit more next week when we talk about reincarnation. Mm -hmm. But the fact is that we have been on this road quite a long time. And once we are able to, to fully embrace a key, like our Christhood, mm -hmm. we accelerate the journey. No matter how long it may have been, that was yesterday. Now 
is now. You know, today is the first day of the rest of your life. You know, here we go. You have an idea, right? Well, and when you get in touch with your higher self, then you're more able to figure out what to do with your life. You know, and as we said last week, there are tools that the Ascended Masters have given us that help make this transformation Mm -hmm. both possible and complete. Yeah, like the violet flame, um, science of the spoken word. Right, and the words and the teachings that the Ascended Masters themselves have used to shed this this really brilliant light on personal Christhood and that journey home. You know, speaking of that, Ross, a little bit of a newsflash here. Our higher selves are with us right now. This is not something that's, this is the journey without distance. They're not somehow far away. They're here with us. That Christ self that we talk about, it's our mentor, it's our brother, it's our teacher. That's the still quiet voice within that Mm -hmm. if we pay attention, we are given unerring guidance. But if we ignore or whatever, you know, we we might make decisions on our own that are not necessarily the will of our higher self. Well, and I've been reminded (laughs) a lot that that there's that still small voice of God and God does talk to us, but sometimes we don't, we don't listen. (laughs) And I think it's God tries all the soft, uh, kind, pleasant ways to get our attention and then it's time to drop a safe on you. You (laughs) I think everybody can understand that. It's like, oh, I was supposed to be doing something and I ignored all the usual signs, but now I can't ignore it any longer. Well, you know, you've heard me say this before in in my own personal path, um, I was awakened to this reality quite a long time ago. I think it was 1969. And it took 26 years of the masters and my Christ self Mm -hmm. using everything at their disposal. I mean, I I suspect I needed the pry bar, the flamethrower, the grenade. Um, I'm sure they tried the soft approach first, but it wasn't working. (laughs) You know, I I definitely agree with you on that one. My personal story was that I was in the service and I I was getting ready to go and be in duty station in Hawaii. Mm. (laughs) Uh, I just bought a new motorcycle and everything was set for me. And I had a a motorcycle accident that positively transformed my life. But it didn't in such a way that I wasn't able to go to that duty station. I wasn't able to continue riding bikes. I had, to, I had to really sit down and ask myself, who are you? Where are you going? What's your life going to be like from this point on? There's nothing like uh, nature's way of saying slow down as a broken pelvis and, you know, <laughs> right femur. So that was a time when I had a lot of time to study, a lot of time to reflect. Um, I had My mother had actually given me some of the books from the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Uh, so I got a chance to read things like Understanding Yourself and, you know, really ponder the question, who am I? Where am I going? All those basic mm-hmm, questions that mm-hmm. we've talked about. Well, and I think the, the voice doesn't ever cease. It's the old signal-to-noise ratio. If we've got a bunch of noise going on and the signal is weak, the signal's weak. But if we get the noise out of the way, if we allow ourselves the opportunity to be in that place where we can actually tune in or Mm -hmm. be tuned in to, then we get the signal loud and clear. You know, it's funny you mentioned that, the signal being weak. Is it really that the signal is weak or is it possibly that the volume of that still small voice is what allows us to ignore it and have our free will, because we all do have free will. Well, both very good points. The signal isn't weak. Mm -hmm. The signal is strong. strong Our receptive ability is weak. (laughs) Yeah. It's how much we're willing to tune in. Something wrong with my satellite dish. Yes. Well, um, to illuminate this reality a little bit more, uh, we've asked Terry Kennedy to read a brief excerpt from the book Accessing the Power of Your Higher Self by Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Here's Terry. What is the higher self? Think of a sun, a spiritual sun. It appears to be white hot, but it feels cool to you. For you are a part of that sun. You are concentrated light, energy, and consciousness, bursting with potential. 
This sun is the spiritual source of all life. It doesn't have spatial coordinates. It's not separated from you by distance. It simply exists as pure spirit. This sun is light. It is God. It is your father and your mother. It is called the central sun. Once you enjoyed being a part of this sun. You reveled in the feeling of oneness with all creation. But you also wanted to experiment with your potential, your own ability to create, to ensoul matter with spirit. You entered other dimensions, sometimes creating perfectly and other times imperfectly. You may have designed cities, created sculptures or gardens, or simply existed in a state of bliss with God's creatures. Then, traveling through the world of form, you first contacted imperfection. As you interacted with others and then engaged in negativity yourself, the imperfection multiplied and boomeranged back to you. A shadow came between you and the sun. You became enmeshed in imperfect creation. You forgot what it was like to be part of the sun. You could not find your way back to your original state. Lost in shadows, your fiery nature cooled. Now you could not return home since you could no longer withstand the awesome heat of the sun in which your spirit had been forged. Your soul fell asleep, forgetting its origins and its potential to create as God creates. But your father and mother had foreseen this. They did not leave you alone. They gave you a replica of that sun, an I am presence, so that you would always remember where you came from and always have a way to return. And they gave you a mediator who would bridge the gap between you and your I am presence and awaken your soul to her lost identity. This mediator between God and man is called your Christ Self. Together, the I am presence and Christ Self make up what is commonly referred to as the higher self. What is the I am presence? Though it is sometimes referred to as a replica of God, it is more than that. Today we can produce replicas of things by the millions, but they don't always match the original. A toy jet looks like the original, but doesn't fly. A picture of a baby printed in Life magazine can't gurgle and coo. But your I am presence is more than just an image or a copy. It possesses all of the qualities of the original. It is your individual God identity, your God self. And God is God is God. Every particle of God contains all of the whole. You are meant to become your higher self. In fact, your higher self is your real self. The self that you identify with today is just a tiny fraction of the mighty being that you are. When you contact that state of oneness, you'll find that you can once again use your God-given power to create. And you will enjoy the bliss that you knew with God in the beginning. You will be able to put on once again the image and likeness of God in which you were originally made. You know, Ross, listening to that, um, once again, we hear the concept of using our God-given power to create. And, and I don't know about you, but the concept of creating as God intended is an awesome realization. Yeah, getting it right. I know what you mean. And, and that's the kind of creation that also comes with consequences. <laughs> <laughs> yes, karma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, past actions create present circumstances. Or as the Bible said, as ye sow, so shall ye reap. Yep. Karma and reincarnation are the subject of this week and this next week's program. That's right. So we hope you'll tune in for that. But let's go back to the subject of creating like God. I mean, all energy is God's energy. So whatever we do, whenever we do it, 
we are using God's energy to create. Exactly. I mean, every thought, word, and deed creates. Makes you want to be extra careful, doesn't it? I think I need to get some indemnification insurance. <laughs> you know, when I, when I came to understand the accountability that comes with every thought, word, and deed, I, I had this I had to resist the temptation to not do anything out of a concern that I would unintentionally do the wrong thing. It's like, yo, this is a big caution. Careful. Yeah, and which, of course, means that everything stops. Right. You know, including our learning, mm-hmm. our deepening knowledge of spiritual selfhood and self-mastery. So the next best thing to staying frozen in place, <laughs> standing in the middle of the stream looking uh-huh. at the flood, <laughs> would be to do the right thing as often as we possibly can. And my, one of my friends would say, you know, that's kind of a Captain Obvious moment, isn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> oh, well, like what's been said about karma. It picks up where the golden rule leaves off. Right. And bringing it back to today's subject of accessing the higher self, the simplest form that we could follow to do this would always be to practice right thought, right speech, and right action. And always strive for harmony. That's a very Buddhist concept. And completely essential if we want to use the power of God we possess wisely and well. When we come back, we'll delve more deeply into this subject in an interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet entitled, The Incarnation of the Word from her landmark series, Inner Perspectives. Don't go away. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth Schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it Nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. 
Welcome back. In our last segment, uh, I mispronounced the word formula, so put formula back in there. <laughs> we, we spoke of our higher nature as Christed beings and also the magnificent reality that we can share by accepting the truth of this higher self and then becoming one with it. All right. And as we've said many times, this is our, your birthright, your reason for being. In fact, higher consciousness is really our most natural state, one that we can achieve even now if we choose. In the following interview with Elizabeth Clare Prophet, we will learn more about Jesus' demonstration of Christhood, the power to create as God that is held within the heart of our higher selves, and the secrets of the soul's evolution. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. In a public lecture given in Seattle, Washington, October 15, 1976, Elizabeth Clare Prophet talked about the science of the spoken word. Here's part of that lecture. The power of the Lord's Spirit is intended for you and for me as joint heirs of the real self whom Jesus proved, and he called that self the Christ. And because people have not understood the multiplication of the Lord's body, as he said, this is my body which was broken for you, they have said there is only one Christ, one Son of God. This is true in eternity, but in time and space, that sacred trinity of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit becomes the spark, the threefold spark, that burns upon the altar of our hearts. And this energy, this God, this flame, this consuming fire becomes the foundation of the science of the spoken word. And we find that in that consciousness of Christ, we can prove the laws that he proved as he intended that we should do. How do we know he intended it? It's very interesting. He said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. To me the promise is unmistakable, and yet it is considered blasphemy for anyone on earth today to make himself equal with Christ, let alone greater than Christ. It is my understanding that Jesus came to set the example for the incarnation of the Word. I believe that if we accept him as the Word, that he releases this flame, ignites the flame within us, and we individually experience the second coming, and we are born again because he is one with the Father, and because we now experience that same word, that same anointing that he knew. As we walk with him hand in hand, the fire of our heart, the fire of his heart, can work his works, and by his grace and only by his grace, we together can do those greater things. Let us consider then this action of the word by which he performed all works and by which he bid us to go and do likewise. It is written that Christ cast out spirits with his word. Jesus had tremendous power in his word, and he derived that power from the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He drew it forth from his heart's center. Catholics have long referred to the sacred heart of Jesus or the sacred heart of Mary. The heart is the heart chakra. It is known by Hindus. It is known by all who meditate to be the center 
of that burning. It is a burning energy. It is the burning love of God that the disciples knew when they met their Lord on the road to Emmaus. Did our hearts not burn within us? In the chamber of the heart is an altar, and our own real self presides at that altar as the priest, the minister, the rabbi. And in our soul, we can kneel before that altar. We can find the cathedral of the heart as a place of the holy of holies. That word of God is power. Paul said Christ upholding all things by the word of his power. Jesus walked on the water by the science of the spoken word. He stilled the tempests. He said, peace, be still. And the waters were stilled. I don't think that we should consider that the age of miracles is past, but that the age of miracles is fulfilled in science. We should consider that Jesus was the greatest nuclear physicist, the greatest alchemist that we have known in our recorded history. He mastered all energies, all flow of life forces. He mastered time and space. He ascended into that white cloud, the white fire core of the atom of his own self. Hence, we call him an ascended master, and we call all who have done the same ascended masters. We say that because he commanded us to do likewise, and because he said before Abraham was, I am, that there have been many sons and daughters who have proved that oneness with God, mastered time and space, both before and after the advent of Jesus. It is written that Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. I believe that that is another record of one who ascended through that mastery of time and space. And Elijah was caught up into a chariot of fire, and we have the assumption of Mary the mother, and even John the revelator of his ascension. All of this by the power of the word. Paul said that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with a washing of water by the word. The washing of water by the word is an amazing concept if you meditate upon that in your own heart sitting under your own vine and fig tree, under your own source of communion with God. First of all, the church always figures as the bride of Christ. And we are told that we are the temple of the living God, and therefore we can consider ourselves to be the church. Christ loves us because we are really the church. Organizations, temples made with hands, doctrine and dogma, these are not the church. The church is only alive when people are living kindled flames. The church is a white cube. It's the philosopher's stone. The church is consciousness. The washing of the water by the word to me means an alchemical action whereby the waters of our consciousness are cleansed as we invoke the word and as we through the word invoke the sacred fire. That sacred fire is a baptism which we are all waiting for if we remember the words of John the Baptist. He said, One cometh after me, whose shoes I am not worthy to unlatch. 
He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Always returning to that fire, fire over and over again. It is a sacred fire, a cleansing fire. It's the fire in the core of the atom. It is energy. That energy is God. God didn't walk into the office of a scientist, of Edison, or anyone else. He let man meditate upon the lightning for thousands of years until someone decided to capture the energy, harness it, and use it. Could it be that he expects us to do the same? To experiment with that fire that is God and in a spiritual way harness it and do those greater works which Christ promised. I am looking for the washing, the washing of the waters by the word. Again, it is written of the two witnesses in the book of Revelation that fire proceedeth out of their mouth. Not out of their hands, their head, or their stomach, or their feet, but out of their mouth. It's a clue to me, because I have a hypothesis that I'm about to prove. It means that the fire that proceeds out of their mouth, it says, it devours their enemies. To me, it is an action of the sacred fire and of the word which they have mastered. Isaiah said of Christ, he hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. And when we read of the faithful and true in the book of Revelation, his name is the word of God, and his outstanding feature is that out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations. What is this sword? You even look at the word, it has S and then word, sword. Maybe it's an abbreviation for sacred word. It's coming out of the throat center, which the Hindus long ago acknowledged as the power center. And through the use of mantras over thousands of years, the intoning of the word, the name of God, has been the basic form of meditation of yogis. Could it be that in India, their teaching and their understanding has come to us from the long-lost continent of Lemuria? James Churchward writes a number of books called The Lost Continent of Mu. He found tablets in a monastery in India which the priest had guarded for thousands and thousands of years, which had been brought to them from beyond their shores. The priest knew the interpretation of these tablets of stone. Churchward became a disciple in this monastery, and he was the only man, as far as he knows, that was given the key to these tablets. So he deciphered them, and he has four or five books of his decipherings. But there is a description of Lemuria, of the temples, and there are stones that have been found in Mexico that have the same hieroglyphs. They speak of four cosmic forces, and we have in our scriptures the four beasts that were on the four sides of the Ancient of Days in Revelation. These four forces and the release and the science of the spoken word were discovered on these tablets. Perhaps the thousands of years of mantra are a tradition that came to India from that very place. Now the use of this science, after all of our investigations, after all of our consideration of scriptures, cannot be proven until we try it. 
In the trying of the use of the word, only then can we experience in our own laboratory, to me a laboratory and a cathedral, a church, they're one and the same. They're the place where we go to meet our God and to commune with him and to discover the secrets of our soul's evolution and of the cosmos itself. You've been listening to an excerpt from a public lecture by Elizabeth Clare Prophet given in Seattle, Washington on October 15, 1976. Up next, our weekly visit and Q&A with Sid Bennett. Don't go away. community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth Schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it Nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to the Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We are back, and joining us once again is Sid Bennett to answer your questions. Hi, Sid. Hi. Hello, Sid. Hey, so, Sydney, a question that we have, can anyone achieve Christhood? You know, that seems like a simple question, but it actually shakes the very foundations of Western civilization. What is the true teaching of Jesus? 
Was it as we believe, as many of the Orthodox religions believe, that Jesus came to die for our sins and to save us once and forever? Or is there another truth, one that has been obscured and hidden for these thousands of years of the true mission of Jesus? And, of course, we believe it's the latter, that Jesus came to teach us that every one of us has the potential to become the Christ, because the Christ and God is already in us. And it's not a matter of perfecting the human, as we shared last week, because that's never going to happen. It's a matter of putting on your Christhood. And think about it. If children were brought up to have the knowledge and understanding they could walk in the footsteps of Jesus, they would live their lives differently. They would do things differently. They would have a goal beyond material acquisition and gain. They would have the opportunity to become who they were intended to be. The fact that this has been denied the world for low these 2,000 years is probably the greatest tragedy since the time of Jesus. So the answer is yes, everyone can put on their Christhood. Everyone can follow Jesus. And that is something that all need to know, that we're not just worthless sinners. And yes, Jesus came to save us. He saved us to give us opportunity to fulfill our Christhood. You know, that's such an important one. It's, it's kind of like the scenario, if you start out a situation, especially with a child, where the child is kind of already wrong, and the only thing you can do is get better. It's like original <laughs> sin. You really need to understand from the very beginning that you can succeed. You can make yeah, it. Absolutely. And like you said, I think it's a much better result. You know, um, what you bring up um, poses, um, raises a question of why would this reality be denied to us? Well, unfortunately, if you study the history of Scripture and going back to the dawn of the Christian era, much that probably should have been contained in our Bible has been omitted, and things are in there that perhaps were not originally part of it. And this happened as the Bible was revised and changed a number of times. And it's interesting, but up until the Council of Nicaea in the 4th century A.D., reincarnation was a part of Christian belief. I mean, I, I don't think anybody hardly realizes that today, that reincarnation was part of originally Christianity. In fact, um, the, uh, the Pharisees uh, did believe in reincarnation. So it wasn't a new concept, but that was taken out of Western canon. And why would that happen? Well, I think you can ascribe motives to certain individuals that weren't pure. They wanted to gain control over people, power, and money. And the way they do that, of course, is to keep people under them, and the idea that only they have the keys to the kingdom and the Word does that. Because if people knew they could become the Christ on their own, uh, the world might have turned out differently. Well, you mentioned that the Council of Nicaea um, basically um, deleted the concept of reincarnation from that particular iteration of the Bible. Too bad they didn't use track changes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yes, except all changes. Um, but, you know, it, I, I don't it's hard for me to to understand what kind of motives would give the hierarchy of an organized organized religion the right to take away something so essential to the soul's um, ultimate potential. Do you have, I mean, any idea why they would have done that and persisted in doing that? Well, Tom, you you have to understand the history of this planet, which is much more than any of us realize on the outer and, and civilization recognize today. As Mrs. Prophet was just mentioning, the, the lost continent of Mu or the Muria, we know that Atlantis existed and so forth. And there were civilizations long before we have recorded. And there are individuals, unfortunately, on this planet that are here for reasons other than their soul development. We all know the story of the fallen angels in the Bible. And in fact, um, there's documented evidence that the fallen angels, where did they go when they left heaven? 
Well, many of them embodied on the earth, and have continued to do so, even as the light bearers have reincarnated, so these fallen angels. And, of course, the fallen angels infiltrated the places of state, of power, whether it be in the church or the government or wherever they can control things. Their motives are not the same. They are anti-God. They are the embodiment of evil. You know, why is there such evil on the planet today when the, the precious people of God are not capable of that evil? Well, the source of much of it is these fallen angels, unfortunately. And um, there's a new book that's just been published, which I'll lead it to, which is The Fallen Angels, What You should, what you Need to Know. That was just published by Olivia Claire Prophet. It gives a history of fallen angels and their patterns of behavior. And taking out the truth of the Scriptures is one of the things they have done to keep people from knowing the truth about God and their own personal Christhood. Right. I, I think we, we can um, send people to the website if they want to get a copy of that book. Isn't that right, Ross? Exactly. Go to tsl.org and click on Bookstore. You'll see it prominently featured there in the bookstore. Right, right on the opening page, right? So are there any Western religion or religious organizations, I mean, other than our own, that accept this concept of reincarnation, Sid? You know, not that I know of. Um, I think that, you know, it, it's interesting that, I mean, we have some groups like ours and some other New Age movements that perhaps do, but the majority of the world's population believes in world re reincarnation. The Hindus, of course, mm -hmm. believe in reincarnation, and the Buddhists, um, two of the biggest religions in the world. So the, the lack of belief in reincarnation in this country, or excuse me, in Western society, is really singular in a way. And you know, many people, if you, I think they've taken surveys of the American people, and surprising how many devout Christians actually believe in reincarnation, because it makes so much sense. It explains so much. And, you know, if we knew that everything we did was going to come back to us, whether in this life or another, wouldn't we be that much more careful about everything we do, and wouldn't the world be a different place? Oh, it would absolutely be a different place. And I'm, I'm wondering, we probably don't know this, but based on what you just said, and I I believe what you said is absolutely true, that there are preachers and others in that um, role who are preaching from the pulpit concepts like reincarnation, karma, karmic responsibility. And I'm wondering if you're aware, because I, again, other than our own organization, a few of the New Age organizations, whether the concept of personal Christhood is preached from the pulpit. Are you, you know, aware of it, any of those? I, I'm not aware of any. I mean, it's such a profound idea. And again, many would call it blasphemy. How dare you say you uh -huh. can be equal with God? Well, if God is in us, don't we have the potential to be equal with Him? I mean, that's common sense. Um, and it's not, again, perfecting the human. It's putting on that Christhood day by day and walking in that path. And I want to emphasize that, that part of it, Tom. This is, this is a path. This is a journey. It has a beginning, mm -hmm. and by God's grace, we'll have an ending in our return to Him. But that path is not automatic. Just because you give your heart to Jesus doesn't mean you're going to make your ascension. That's just the beginning. But I can tell you, mm -hmm. walking this path is the most exciting adventure that any soul can have on this planet. You know, forget climbing mountains, forget going into outer space, forget all these outer right. adventure things. The greatest adventure is seeking and finding God. Oh, I mean, I, I totally. I mean, I, I, it's awesome beyond words. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that uh, we we try to remember every day is that Christhood is not simply and only a grand uh, end to a journey, but it is the process. I mean, that the some have called it the journey without distance, and I know that uh, it's it, it's all within. I mean, the the universe within us is the place where we can most successfully find our Christhood, and um, the formula would be to be the Christ, mm -hmm. to see the Christ in others. 
You know, yeah. and, and to me, the, the, the way that I explain this to my young daughter is she wants to know, well, you know, so-and-so says this and so-and-so does that. And my point to her is always, what are you doing? Mm. You can't control the actions of others. You can only control what you do. And if you want to become the example, all you have to do is act that way. Mm. So I think what we're driving at here is this. If you want to achieve your highest reality and the best state of being, you probably have to look outside the walls of organized religion. Would that be a true statement, Sid? <laughs> Well, it's true, and that's not to say there aren't very many precious, dear souls in organized religion. And I, you know, I grew up in a conservative Christian church, and I can tell you the faith and devotion of those many people are still an inspiration to me today. But they're lacking the key. They're lacking the knowledge that there's more. And, um, you know, we have this opportunity today, I think, because we live in a country that's free, that's open, where we can, we can speak the truth. And in the past, of course, you would be, this would be hearsay. Um, and you'd be imprisoned or who knows what else. But this is the time, mm-hmm. and when we have the knowledge, you know, it's such a crucial concept, gentlemen, that for those of our listeners, it's worth pursuing to find out if you feel in your heart is true. Because if it is true, it changes your life forever and opens doors as our Open Door program. And if you do nothing else, go to the tsl.org website, explore there a little bit, read some of the concepts, hear the excerpts. If it makes sense to you, pursue it. Because it's that important. And get ask God to show you whether it's true or not. Ask Jesus to show you if this is the path you are meant to walk. Wow. Well, I mean, <laughs> thank you, Sid, for that. I mean, that, that's exactly where I think we all kind of want to point ourselves as well as our audience. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that Jesus is one of the ascended masters, as albeit a very important ascended master, the Son of God. But he is an ascended master, and it, it, there's the concept of Jesus and the ascended masters are not inimical to each other. You know, you, you can look at those and say, okay, I can accept this. My older brothers and sisters, those who are helping me on the path. And if your relationship is already with Jesus, that's perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I was very devoted to Jesus growing up. And I was concerned when I found the teaching of the Senate Masters that somehow he was going to be demoted or something. And he wouldn't be <laughs> as important to me. But, you know, the absolute opposite is the true. He is my brother. He is my elder brother who I love and, and pursue in terms of his life. You know, we mentioned last week the imitation of Christ. I think Mrs. Prophet mentioned it as a book to walk and follow in the footsteps of Jesus. That's what he wants us to do. He wants to lead us there. And it's a path. It's strenuous but it's the greatest thing we can pursue in this life. I will see it. I mean, thank you for, for all of that. I mean, it's a wonderful synthesis. And I, I would say, just as a caveat, that anybody who is involved um, and does so willingly and lovingly in an organized religion of any kind is not doing anything wrong or bad. That what we're saying is, as you just suggested, is explore the possibility. Simply look outside of the orthodoxy that you may have accepted at this point, not as the limits but as just a, a, a one of the steps along your pathway, because we've all probably been down that path if we were to tell our stories, our personal stories about mm-hmm. how we got to where we are now. I mean, me personally, for the Catholic Church, it was my gateway, right. and I had nuns who saw the Christ in me, mm-hmm. you know, so and I'll be ever forever in their debt. I saw the Christ in you and used a ruler on the other rest of it, right? <laughs> right. Yes, they did. They had to. <laughs> I, got a lot of good, I got a lot of good feedback that way, too. Uh, well, you know, that's really all the time we have for the moment, but we've got a lot more to explore on the subject of our real spiritual nature and birthright. We'll be right back with Sid Bennett. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. 
Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it Nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We're back with Sid Bennett to continue our discussion about the higher self, spirit, soul, and other pertinent topics. And, you know, um, speaking of pertinent topics, um, Sid, you may remember last week uh, we posed the question, what happens to the soul after death? And uh, we didn't have opportunity or time to expand on that. Are you willing to expand on that a bit more now? Sure, absolutely. Well, I think that, uh, as I think I mentioned last week, I, I love the quote from Edgar Casey, which he said, you know, a dead Baptist is a dead Baptist. And I think what <laughs> this means is, is whoever you are at the point of death is who you are when you get to the other side. I think in the traditional Christian belief, you know, if you're saved, you die and the angels take you to heaven and you just spend all your time with Jesus up there. But the reality is, and I think this makes so much more sense, is that what your vibration is, what your attainment is, the light that you have in your heart will determine where you go. And it's very simple. For those that have great light in their beings, that have been devoted to God, that have served people, that have loved, have worked to strive, they have a, almost the, uh, uh, the light, which is, it takes them up to a higher vibration. And so you end up where you are based on what you've been. And we need to understand that there's not just heaven and hell. As, as we've heard described, or I think if you're Catholic, there's a purgatory, too. But there are many, many different levels of what we call the etheric plane, or the heaven plane, and what we call the astral plane, or levels of purgatory, or even a hell, you could describe it at. And so you will end up in one of those levels. And the greater light you have, the higher level you go. 
And so that's the reason why everything we do counts. It's just not a matter of being saved. That's not enough. How we live our life, how we work, how we strive, how we treated others, you know, what we've achieved in this life will determine where we end up. And so these near-death experiences that we've read about, you know, are absolutely true. And where people have seen great light, they see loved ones, they see angels. In fact, there are angels specifically, um, their specific service is to take people to where they need to be. There's places of great beauty, healing, and light. And conversely, if you've led a very negative life, a very bad life, and harmed people and dwelled on, on dark and negative things, then you're going to go to a place of a lower vibration. And, you know, I was in an airport bookstore a few months ago, and I happened to pick up a book that was like a near-death experience, but this guy, this guy described what it was like in hell, and uh, obviously a very low level of the astral plane, and it was not a pretty sight. And so this is not something to fear, but it's something to understand that everything we do counts. And so mm-hmm. if we want to go to the highest level possible, we need to work on it. I just want to add one more thing, if I may. In between sure. embodiments, if you're up in what we call the etheric, you go to what's called universities of the spirit, where you study and learn and prepare for your next embodiment. You get teachings. You understand your karma. It, it's, it's like you get a head start for your next life, what you need to do. If you don't make it to that level... You can't go to those universities, and you're just right back in a body with the same old you. If you were an alcoholic, you take those momentum back with you into the next lifetime. So that's why it's so important that every day what we do, even up to the time of our transition called death, it counts. Yeah, and this is one of those areas where I think we, you know, in reference to karma, about having to transmute um, and balance every jot and tittle of our, our karma. I mean, it's not something we can escape from. I suppose we could dodge it for a while, but ultimately we have to face it. Well, we do. You know, it's, it's, it's Christmas time, and so, you know, in the, in the Christmas carol, and I, I can't think of Scrooge's partner um, that died before him, but he came back and he re- reappeared in chains, and he said, I That's forged funny. these chains in my life. And it's such a graphic illustration of what karma is and how we live our lives. The karma or the weight of that person pulled him down. It pulls him down to a lower level of vibration, whereas the good deeds, the good karma, the light that you accumulate, was, is like it will lift you up to the higher realms. And, of course, I've got to get back to the violet flame, which we talked about in previous episodes, because that's something that will help you balance your karma in an accelerated way to, to, to you know, it's like throwing the weights off of you so you can take off. And so we have the tools now, we have the understanding and the knowledge, and we just got to put them to work. You know, I, I can tease future programs because, we, as we said, next week is karma and reincarnation. Going a bit more depth there, but the week after that is violet flame. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. you know, one of the things that, yeah, in in this in this whole scenario of heaven, hell, and no real in between. If you're in the in the Catholic world, you have heaven, purgatory, and hell. And I caused my divinity teacher no end of of you know, discontent by. <laughs> By summarizing the whole concept as, oh, purgatory is hell with hope. <laughs> and blinked rapidly and said, yeah, if that works for you, okay. Um, but the whole concept of the different levels of you know, the lower realm and the higher realm, that, real, that with the responsibility of your own karma, mm-hmm. that Jesus came not to free you from all responsibility to sins, but to give you the opportunity to free yourself through the use of good actions, the golden rule, violet flame, etc. That's a lot of responsibility for some people. And an essential <laughs> distinction to make. It certainly is. We also had another carryover question from last week, Sid. Our discussion about the nature of the soul and the divine blueprint. Uh, the question was, does everyone have a soul? 
Are there some that don't? And if they don't, why not? Well, again, I'll have to take, go back to what I was referring to before the break, about the Earth has a very different history from what we're told. And we've gotten hints and glimpses of it, but there's much more that can understand where we are and who we are. The concept of, of a being without a soul is, is, is an incredible one when you think about it. You know, aren't we all created by God? Weren't we all given souls an opportunity? Well, the teaching on the soulless one came forth, actually, I think, in the late 50s or early 60s that Mark Prophet brought it forth. And his teaching was that in, in ancient history, there were people that learned the key of the creation of life, the ability to, in fact, make bodies, if nothing else, from human beings. And, you know, at that time it came out, no one would believe them. But now we can see that genetic engineering, that the physical creation of, of life is very possible. And this is what brought down Atlantis, or one of the things, which was combining animal and human genes. And so, yes, there are beings that have been created by uh, the fallen angels without souls, and they are an embodiment, and they reincarnate actually as well, even though they don't have a soul. But the, the most amazing thing is, is that these individuals, even though they weren't created by God, they can turn to God, and they can be given a threefold flame, and they can be given a soul. But unfortunately, wow. many of them do not. And so as a result, you have people in embodiment without souls. You know, Sid, you mentioned the book, The Soulless One. I just wanted to insert that this was this was a book. I, I grew up around the Ascended Masters and didn't really have a chance to necessarily do my own investigation until later on in life. But one of the first books that I received when I asked for more information from my own mother was she sent me The Soulless One. If you want a copy of this, I, I can't tell you how important this book is. It describes... Uh, if you've been through a certain amount of life, how to deal with the things that you've already seen. It's the best kind of confirmation of what uh, you know the, the negative type of personality is. You can go right, to right. tsl.org. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I just it's want a, to say one thing for people. You know, a lot of these concepts, are, you know, they're pretty heavy. I mean, let's face it, when you think about <laughs> all true. these, and they're so different, not, you know, the, the fallen angels and all this and so forth. But nothing has changed in the fact that God loves each one of us. He's given us a path. He'll be with us. He'll walk with us. He'll talk with us. There's mercy. There's forgiveness. There's opportunity. And so having the knowledge of these other things, although it's somewhat startling, doesn't need to frighten or scares us. It just gives us, a, you know, again, a deeper awareness of what's really going on this planet and why whatever we do counts so very much, not only for our souls, but for everyone else on this planet. You know, Sid, you're so right, and that's why, especially with the book Becoming God out, we recommend that people go and take a look at that at the site, tsl.org, and then click on the bookstore, because it really helps us focus on the positive potential of our path and where we're going. Absolutely. You know, we've actually pin pinpointed in four simple little words, but certainly not simple, um, the, the whole concept of the path, which is master yourself become God. Mm -hmm. And the process of self-mastery includes a recognition of these concepts that we're discussing and a way in which to deal with the reality of these conditions, particularly karma, as we are going through our journey to re reunite with the heart of God. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes, so courage I think, to, me, it takes courage to want to know the truth, and it takes courage to act on the truth. And if you have that, now is the time to do it. Indeed. You know, and unfortunately, this is a wonderful discussion. That's all the time we've got for this week. But um, I, for Ross and myself, want to thank you, Sydney, for your insight, and your wisdom. And to all of you out there for tuning in, um, please join us again next week when, as we said, we'll explore two very interesting and timely topics, karma and reincarnation. Excellent. 
So forget, uh, don't forget to go out to the site and sign up for the TSL Now newsletter. Yep. That's tsl.org. Click on the button, uh, sign up now on the top right. And in the meantime, remember that though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. Thank you. Thank you. Again, for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.